0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply.
1: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans Studios when you need certainty in the home buying process with a loan that fits your life. Rocket can. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, 855 2124 cbs 855 Send the tweets. Send the hot takes at Ken Carmen C-A-R-M-A-N. Already got to get to it at 10.40 a.m. Eastern. Matt Michelle going to join us. We'll talk with him. Evan Silva, 11.40 a.m. Eastern, 8.40 a.m. Pacific. Establish the run. We'll talk to them. One about college football. The other one about NFL football. Whether or not Tom Brady is one. And I did hear... And I know the story from, I believe it's Pete Thamel, about Jim Harbaugh. We will be getting to that at 11 o'clock Eastern. I absolutely promise you that because there's a lot of thoughts on it. There's got to be a hope. If, if you're a Michigan fan, I don't want to give away what I can sell. 11 o'clock Eastern, I'll tell you. Tonight's a big night. Tonight's a real big-ass night, folks. You got Stanford. You got Oregon. Oregon's got to prove that they got the defense. I know some people are talking about Phil Steele has talked about it many times already. Likes USC, likes them in the Pac-12, likes Clay Helton to get this thing in this truncated season to go the right way, and what we're looking at is a college football playoff unlike anything else we've ever seen. And I thought at the beginning of this, and what there, I think there's, what, 10 games that have been canceled this weekend because of the virus? I thought back in July that if they were going to play a season, because it was I didn't question the NFL. I did question college football. There's a lot of logistics that have to go right for it. And I wondered then, I said, this was probably going to play into the hands of the halves. This is going to be better for the halves. Because you go with what you know. You go with the history. We've done this. If you're on Facebook and you're on Twitter, not not this week because this week's been this, week, this week's been pretty wild. But if you're on Facebook and on Twitter throughout this entire pandemic, it, when it first happened, it well we're all together. We're all doing this together. These are unprecedented times during this, and we're all together as one. And then a couple of weeks go by, and it's eh, not getting really any better, and then. 300 years of history of of American freedom and of liberty, it's probably going to let people go back to the way they were thinking beforehand, now weren't they? So you get to see people where they're uncertain about life, they're uncertain about what their future is going to hold. They go back with what they know. It's only natural. I don't blame any of them for doing it either. If you're on Facebook, you have Facebook friends, family, during the time it gets a little bit crazy, you go back to things that you know about. And it's the same thing in pro sports. We assumed Bill Belichick was going to be at an advantage because Bill Belichick's a great coach. We didn't take into account that, yeah, he lost like seven or nine guys because they opted out for the pandemic this year. It's going to be a bit of a struggle, going to be a bit of a slog for the New England Patriots this year. We thought Mike McCarthy would do better in Dallas. We didn't know that Jerry Jones would cut as you-know-what's-off, that coming up a little bit later as well. But we knew that Mike McCarthy Mike McCarthy, is a Super Bowl-winning head coach before, and we knew that hey, he should be able to do a pretty good job. We didn't know about Kevin Stefanski or Joe Judge or the job Matt Rule is doing down in Carolina. I cannot say enough about how much I like the job that Matt Ruhle is doing down in Carolina right now. We didn't know. We had no idea. And we thought those situations were going to be an out-and-out disaster. For Judge, real quick, it looks like he might be a guy who could stick around. I don't know about the quarterback, and I certainly don't know about the general manager. Matt Rule had told you about that. Kevin Stefanski looks like he's pretty good in Cleveland. So, there's been a couple of surprises, but for college football, it's been right where we thought it was going to be. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State's played a couple of games. They got Rutgers tonight. I don't know if that's any sort of a threat for anybody. I I wouldn't think so. Georgia, Florida. Cincinnati's interesting, but I still have the old credence. If you're not going to put UCF in the top, I don't care if it's a pandemic or not. If you weren't going to put UCF in the mix, I don't know how you could put Cincinnati in there. Oregon, and according to Phil Steele, he had brought up USC. Okay, I'll I'll listen to USC. I still am waiting for the other shoe to drop. I kind of want it to drop because you know who I want to be, the head coach at USC, but fine. Clay Helton's a fine man and a fine coach. Let's see where it goes. There's another team in the mix. And this team is really denied respect by everybody, and it's, it's odd because... It is the most prolific football program in in the history of the game. It's one of the winningest football programs in the history of the game. The the history is there. The, The movie was there. The whole thing was there. Gosh, they've made multiple movies about this program when you think about it. But they're denied respect, and they're denied respect going into this evening. And they're denied respect by everyone. And the only way to get it, it's not in the ACC championship game later on. No, no. The only way for Notre Dame to gain respect is to win tonight. They have to do it tonight. You break down the numbers. I went up and down with it. We had Phil Steele on on Friday on our local show in Cleveland. You break down the numbers. You look at them any way you want to at the rankings. There might be one thing that saves Notre Dame if they lose tonight, and I'll bring that up here in a second. But you want to go all the way up and down the rankings if you want to. Notre Dame is right there in the thick of everything. To make the playoffs, though, they have to win and win tonight. Not later. Not in the ACC championship game tonight. You knock off number one. You're building a reputation now. I can take you for real. And yeah, I know, Not Trevor Lawrence ain't going to be there. It's DJU, please. I know that will be part of the argument for some folks. But still, I think a lot of people and certainly the money line and everybody thinks that Clemson is much better. If you go out and you beat Clemson tonight, then I can almost – I can't pen you in. I can almost pencil you into the college football playoff. And let me tell you why. Because we want – I not we, I. I want – Notre Dame to have respect. I want Notre Dame to get that respect that I think that they may very well deserve. But I don't want to be trapped in fanboy mode like I do for Miami. Every year, I want Miami to come back. And every year, Miami, mm, they disappoint me. And every year, I want Notre Dame to be there. I think college football is great when Notre Dame's up there at the tippy top, just like I think Miami's there. And when you look at this schedule, if you beat Clemson tonight, 7.30 p.m., If you beat Clemson, you got three out of the next four games are on the road. That's a little bit scary if you're Notre Dame. Boston College, they can give you a run. They can give you a run. North Carolina, they're kind of up in the air. Syracuse, I don't want to count out Syracuse, but I think I'm going to count out Syracuse. And Wake Forest, they're kind of up in the air as well. Say you get to play all four of those games, say you win all four of those games. You go into the ACC championship game, you've already knocked off Clemson. They didn't have Trevor Lawrence, though. You already knocked off Clemson, you go into an ACC championship game, played in a neutral location, and then you take on Clemson, and Clemson beats you. It's the best of both worlds for the ACC. It's the best of both worlds for college football fans because now we get a good, true, strong argument. But now you'd be in the top five. You might be number two or number three. Hell, you beat Clemson and you continue to win out the rest of the season, I bet I can give you an argument for number one, even playing an ACC schedule. You win tonight, it makes later on easier. If you lose tonight, it makes later on impossible if you're Notre Dame. I bring up the respect. I don't think people respect Notre Dame. I don't think people want to respect Notre Dame. Again, there is one saving grace later on. I don't think they want to respect him. And I think we're waiting to see tonight with DJU, and boy, I'd love to take a swing at saying his last name, and I just can't because I don't know, and I don't want to be disrespectful. But I think a lot of people are banking on DJU to win by 10, 17, even 24. If, you, if Notre Dame were to lose in overtime, maybe it's possible. If Notre Dame were to lose on a last-second field goal, maybe that's still possible. But if Notre Dame loses, by the way, a lot of people think that Notre Dame is going to lose where they might start out strong and then they might lose by 17 or 21, somewhere in there. If they lose there, you got no shot. You're already ranked fifth by the rankings as they are right now. I know we have to get to college football playoff rankings and so on and so forth. But if you're already ranked fifth right now, and, and, or number four, I should say, but you're still on the outside looking in by a lot of people. So it feels like you're fifth. If you're already ranked there, you lose to Clemson, who's the number one overall team in the country. You lose to that football team and you lose by a wide margin, I feel that Notre Dame would fall so far. I don't know if they could get any of that back. You lose by 21 to Clemson. I think it I think it really structures everybody's ideals about you again that you're not to be taken seriously that even when you're in the ACC, it's still powder puff compared to who you really should be playing. If you were in the Big Ten, maybe we could take you a little bit seriously. Hell, you might have a date with Ohio State or Michigan every year, or maybe Wisconsin every single season, maybe Penn State every single season, but nah, it's just typical Notre Dame, and you're on the outside looking in, and boy, I just, I got so much with Georgia, and Cincinnati's a nice story, and Florida's a nice story, and we'll find out later on today during the Well, I can't call it a cocktail party anymore, but you understand. We'll find out later on later today. And even, hey, Texas A&M is even in that mix. They're kind of floating around down there. If Notre Dame loses tonight, you could see them falling outside of the top ten. If they lose by that high of a margin, you could see them falling somewhere outside of the top ten. Can they get back by beating Boston College and, and North Carolina and Syracuse and Wake Forest? And can they get back in the college football playoff Simply by beating Clemson again in the ACC championship game, if they were to lose and then go back to the ACC championship game and beat Clemson. I don't think there's a chance in hell. Even if they won the ACC championship game. Hell, I think that because we go with what we know, we may very well still want to put Clemson in that ACC championship or in that national championship picture. Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, these are teams we know. Georgia, that's a team we know. Now, Georgia would be a two-loss team. That'd be very, very tough. Can I put one of the other teams that might still be a one-loss team that didn't get into the SEC championship game? Can I put one of those teams in? Don't think I can. Don't think I can put a two-loss team in. And don't think I can put in a team that didn't play in the SEC championship game. Not in this year. I don't, I don't think I can. Oregon is going to be a question mark. USC going to be a question mark even though they start 20th right now. If they can get in a season and either one can remain where they're supposed to be, it might be a conversation. Oregon is the one that I think that if you want anything different, I think I bank on. If Notre Dame loses tonight, you have to pay attention to Oregon. You have to pay attention to either Florida or Georgia. You have to pay attention to Texas A&M and all those other teams that I just mentioned. The one saving grace for tonight for Notre Dame. Because if I think if they lose tonight, if they lose by any bit of a significant portion, double digits or more, I think they fall too far. My only saving grace for them is money and still a little bit of what we know. We go back to old habits. I know Notre Dame, and it's not about their football prowess. I do know Notre Dame can draw money. I know Notre Dame can draw eyeballs. I know Notre Dame can can draw people to comment on them. I'm opening up my show talking about Notre Dame today. That's rarely done, but here's Notre Dame playing Clemson tonight. I gotta talk about Notre Dame and Clemson tonight. No matter what, there's still a discussion there. And while the people in the college football playoff committee, of course they want they want fairness and they want the right for everything, of course I think that's and that is actually goal of what they want to do. They know that they're business people and they know they have to put a good product out there to do business. Ohio State, you know people watch Ohio State. Clemson, Alabama, you know sure as hell people watch those teams. That's why I really don't think, again, Cincinnati's such a nice story, and Luke Fickle's a really nice coach, and he's bounced back so nicely since that weird year he had to fill in at Ohio State, and he didn't have a prayer in hell. He's doing such a great job. I really, honestly, I admire the Bearcats, and I admire Luke Fickle. There's not a chance in hell they would ever want to put them in a college football playoff. Yeah, oh, I know. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, we, we remember Boise State. Yeah, we remember it all. Chances are you would go out there, you'd probably play Alabama or Clemson or Ohio State, and you would get your doors blown off, and it would just be a formality. And then you'd probably make it look look worse to everybody else out there. If you get the chance, fine, go ahead and try to make it, but I don't think you get that chance to begin with. So that rules a team like that out. Georgia, strong history, strong recent history. Played in a national championship game over the last couple of years. There's a strong recent history there. Florida, intriguing. Dan Mullen, (laughs) you always need a heel. The SEC's got themselves a heel in a place like Florida where Steve Spurrier was there before. Guys, they both wear visors. They're both loudmouth. It just fits at a school like that, doesn't it? There's other places where you really need somebody to be stoic, maybe a little bit of bluster, but really it's it's angry bluster. It's not cocky. It just works. It's part of what makes Florida college football with with them, with Florida State, with UCF, with Miami. It's part of what makes it so much fun. Dan Mullen out there whooping it up last week after the fight against Mizzou, and then wearing the Darth Vader costume—so ridiculous. There's intrigue there with Florida. And if Florida wins and is only a one-loss football team after tonight, I think I like them. I think I like them a whole bunch. But then you have to play through an SEC championship game that probably cuts you out. And with no LSU to save the SEC, it might end up being a one-bid league unless Alabama can find a way to stumble and then not be able to find a way to get to an SEC championship game, which is always a possibility. So I'm looking at the top three, and I'm trying to find a way to get Notre Dame in. And the one saving grace is money. Because of the top three teams that we just mentioned, when I mention Notre Dame, they will draw me money. I know they're going to draw me eyeballs. What your goal tonight is, if you're Notre Dame, is obviously to win. But it's not just to win, just to prove to everybody to get the monkey off your back, to get some respect. It's not just about that. It's about buying yourself a little bit of currency because if you go to the ACC championship game and you lose to Clemson and all of a sudden you're both one-loss football teams, can't believe I'm saying this. Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and another ACC team, two ACC teams in one of the worst divisions in college, excuse me, one of the worst conferences in college fo- power five college football. Two ACC teams, it's a wild year. One does mean money. It is imperative that Notre Dame and Brian Kelly and, God, I want to see what Tommy Reese has cooked up tonight with Ian. I got to see what happens tonight because this is your opportunity. If Notre Dame wins tonight, as long as there's no hiccup, as long as they don't do something stupid over the final four games, like hopefully they'll play them all, as long as they don't do anything stupid over the final four games with Boston College, North Carolina, Syracuse and Wake Forest, I think we might have our first entry. No matter what happens in the ACC Championship game, I think we might very well have our first entry into the college football playoff. 8552124 CBS 8552124227 Can Notre Dame win tonight? Do they have a shot in hell and does Notre Dame have to win tonight? It's Ken Carman on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Send the tweets at Ken Carmen C-A-R-M-A-N. We got Matt Merchel, National College Football Writer for the Orlando Sentinel and Tribune coming up at 1040 a.m. Eastern, 740 a.m. Pacific. All right, does Notre Dame have a chance tonight? Does Notre Dame have to win tonight? It's as simple as that. I think it's a great opportunity against DJU, who's you know we say backup quarterback. It's just the next guy in line. That's all these guys are. When when you're at a place like if they were if it was Boston College, I would say okay maybe backup quarterback. But even then, if you're going to an underclassman, it's probably just the next one in line. And by if you listen to some of the guys like if you listen to some of the college football guys on. On CBS, it's just like yeah, like Chip Patterson and stuff. It's just the next guy in line. DJ U's just the next guy. We'll talk to talk about him a lot, like we talk about Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones the same way we talk a lot about Tua Tung of Iloa. It's the next big thing that just is part of the train of why Clemson is where they're at, why Alabama's where they're at, why Ohio State is who they are. Georgia, I think they're suffering a little bit because of their quarterback play. Some people would disagree down in Georgia, but. I feel they suffered because of that a few weeks ago. Florida kind of in the mix. There, we're always trying to, we're always wanting more out of trash. We're always wanting more out of that. Like there, there is, there's a succession plan with college football quarterbacks. Now Notre Dame is in a different level though, because it always feels there's a there's a lead up, a letdown, a lead up again. That's kind of the way Notre Dame has been under Brian Kelly. Really, that's kind of the way Notre Dame has been. I'll go back to Bob Davy. Ah, we're going to really rebuild. There's no reloading. It's a rebuild. And so when you go over time and you see a three-loss Notre Dame team or a four-loss Notre Dame team, when they get out to 6-0, the rest of the country rolls their eyes. Ah, here we go. You guys are going to tuck this silly Notre Dame crap again. The rest of the country rolls their eyes. You win tonight. You put enough hay in the barn. I think I can probably get it out in pen that you're in the college football playoffs. If you win tonight, I think I can write it down in pen, you're at least number four. You lose to Trevor Lawrence coming up in in the ACC championship game. A lot of teams lose to Trevor Lawrence. A lot of teams lose to Clemson. If you keep it close enough in the ACC championship game, Alabama if they run the table, Ohio State if they run the table, that's good for Notre Dame. That's good for Notre Dame. It's better for them. Clemson, if they were to lose tonight, then run the table, face off against Notre Dame, it would be better for Notre Dame. Trevor Lawrence, losing to Trevor Lawrence is not a horrible thing. And you could find yourself, the only thing I would think I would want to fight about it if I were on the college football playoff committee, do we want to see three matchups in one season with Clemson and Notre Dame? There's a possibility of that. Because Clemson would fall out of the top four with a loss to Notre Dame tonight. If they lost tonight, they would fall out of there. They would build themselves back up. They would probably jump over Notre Dame in the final standings. They may very well meet the next week in the college football playoff. So that's one thing you fight. But I would look at it and go, you see these margins. Notre Dame means money. Notre Dame means people. There are people that are very polarized about that organ about that program. It's Annie on Twitter. Another argument for Notre Dame, Ken, they're polarizing, much like the Yankees. People will watch them because they love them. People will also watch them because they hate them. Either way, more eyeballs. It's absolutely true. I can always go back and go, well, we we have these margins here. We have to we have to make good on something here. It is a business. And, 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 and they'll argue, well, we need, we need real good college football. We need the teams that really deserve it. All right, Notre Dame or Cincinnati? You're really going to put Cincinnati in there? Even if Cincinnati's undefeated, you're really going to put Cincinnati in over Notre Dame? A listener in Columbia, South Carolina might. A listener in Frisco, Texas might. The people in the college football playoff committee, not a chance in hell. If you win tonight... I think Notre Dame's the first team that could, as long as they don't do something stupid and lose the final one of the final four games of the season. Hopefully, you play them. As long as they don't do something stupid and win those games, then I think I put them in there with a pen. Every a lot of teams lose to Trevor Lawrence. It's perfectly natural to lose to Trevor Lawrence if he comes back. I don't think that hurts you as much as what some people think. You'll have a two loss or a two loss, two loss Georgia team or a two loss Florida team. Maybe I can give you an argument for a one-loss Texas A&M, even though I don't think I'll be able to. Cincinnati, we've already discussed them. I I, I don't know what's going to happen with Wisconsin. I don't know if they're ever going to be able to play enough games. Oregon is the one fly in the ointment that I think could be different. Uh, One of the teams in the Pac-12. If Oregon can run the gamut, if Oregon can show that they have good defense, there's a lot of things to like about Oregon. You're replacing a great quarterback out in Oregon, though. There's questions there how that offense runs, how everything with that football team runs, I think is going to be called into question here. So Oregon basically has to run the table, finish undefeated, to be able to prove to everybody that they'd be over Notre Dame team. And people who hate Notre Dame will squeal and moan and get upset. But you know one team makes more. And even Oregon makes a lot of sense. They do draw a lot of money. They do draw a ton. And they make a lot of money. Phil Knight, the whole thing. But you know one team is going to mean tremendous dollars to television, to any sort of whatever travel they're allowed to do, they'd make a tremendous difference in there. And you have four of the top teams. If Notre Dame wins tonight, I think they can just about punch the ticket as long as they don't do anything stupid. And for Clemson, even if they lose tonight, I think Clemson wouldn't fall further than sixth, seventh maybe. Probably it'll be a tight game that they lose. So I don't think that they'd fall further than, I'll give it maybe eighth, and I think by the end of the year with enough games left, with just slightly less than a handful of games less, plus an ACC championship game there, I think that definitely Clemson finds their way back in. They've had enough currency over the last five, six years with a couple of national championship games and cha- championships in their own right where I think that Clemson would be perfectly fine. Notre Dame's a team with a ton of pressure on it tonight. Usually when you're playing number one, it's the opposite. Notre Dame is the team that has it on because if they go out and they get boat raced tonight, people are going to beat them just like they've done for the last how many years? Eight five five two one two four 2124 CBS eight five five two one two four two two seven 227 Coming up at 11, yep, we're going to talk Jim Harbaugh. That's at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Up next, Matt Merchel, National College football writer for the Orlando Sentinel and Tribune. Who does he have winning tonight? Does he see any other hiccups and? What does he think the future is for Jim Harbaugh? It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. at CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. It's brought to you by the fine folks at GEICO. Right now, you could be saving an extra 15% on car, motorcycle, RV policies. Find out how. Go to GEICO.com for more details. College football Saturday here again. Even though a whole bunch of games have been canceled, it's still a big college football Saturday, and to get you ready for it, we welcome on Matt Merchell. National college football writer for the Orlando Sentinel and Tribune on Twitter at os matt on Instagram at os matt Matt, I don't have an Instagram policy. I feel it gets married men in trouble. Is that true or false?
0: Well, most of my Instagram posts are usually food or dog pictures. So, uh, with the occasional college football uh, press box. So it's it's pretty it's pretty tame by Instagram standards.
1: I've I've heard about some of those Instagram uh, accounts. So I... <laughs> You know, you, you, your wife walks by at the wrong time, and all of a sudden I just don't want to have anything I have to explain. So Matt <laughs> Michelle joining us on the show right now uh, on the hotline. So I, I've spent the first uh, 20 minutes of the show talking about Clemson and Notre Dame. Uh, I really think Notre Dame – let me throw this by you. Now, I, don't, I, I really don't want you to just set fire to my whole first half hour here. I really think Notre Dame has to win tonight, and if they win tonight, I almost, I think I could put them in pen for the college football playoffs. If they lose tonight, I imagine they'll lose by 17 or 20, and even if they win the ACC championship game, I think they might be buried enough in the standings where I don't know if they could overcome maybe one of the other SEC teams or maybe a Pac-12 team.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I think that's that's a good outlook to have when you look at this situation. I mean, this game means a lot more, obviously, to, to Notre Dame in a lot of ways, because You know, Clemson could lose a close game to Notre Dame tonight and, like you said, go on and maybe win the ACC championship and still find its way into the playoff and and possibly into the national championship game. For Notre Dame, losing this game tonight to Clemson, they're going to have a lot more work ahead of them. They're going to have to find a way to be able to qualify for the ACC championship to beat maybe Clemson again or beat Clemson and then turn around and 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 hope that maybe an SEC team or a Big Ten team or someone else doesn't jump ahead of them uh, with that one loss. So it's more important a lot of why for Notre Dame to get this win. And, again, to be on the national stage, to play a number one team in the country, for Brian Kelly and his time at, at, at Notre Dame, this is a kind of game where it could really make a big statement for him and what he's been able to do with that program.
1: I've taken a bunch of swings. How do I say DJU's last name? How do I do it?
0: Uh, DJ, okay, I'm going to do this again. DJ Uga Alele is, the, is the, uh, the way you pronounce it. Okay. This
1: just the way I pronounce it. How about that? <laughs> okay. Well, I don't want it to be like "Tongue of Iloa," where we had like one pronunciation, then we had another pronunciation, and all we have is like NFL pronunciation on how to say his last name. I go, wait, 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 none of this makes sense over here. So <laughs> I, I just want to make sure we find one way to say it, and then we move on. Do, does Notre Dame, do, do they have a chance tonight to, in your estimation? And if they do, how do they do it? How do they beat Clemson this evening?
0: Well, it's going to have to be on two folds. I mean, one is going to be offensively they're going to have to take advantage of some of those weaknesses that Clemson showcased last week against Boston College. You know, it's not like this is the most scout defense that Clemson's ever had. So, you know, Notre Dame's got to have opportunities. They're going to have to take advantage. of Ian Book's going to have to be able to avoid any sort of rush and be able to get out of the pocket and find open receivers. And they're just going to have to run the football like they've done so far this season. Notre Dame's done a really good job uh, of running the ball, and they've done it in big chunks, big chunk plays. So, so to me, that's where Notre Dame's going to have to be able to take advantage of the offense. And I think defensively, they're going to have to just put pressure on DJ Rogalele, and they're going to have to make sure that he, you know, he's a freshman. So they're gonna, there's going to be growing pains here and there. So they've got to make him have some of those. They've got to make him throw a ball here or there that maybe he didn't want to throw. They've got to make sure they can come somehow contain Travis Etienne and make sure he doesn't become the X factor. If they can do those things, there's an opportunity for Notre Dame to win this game, and they've got to keep this game close. They've got to make sure they don't fall behind early. They've got to make sure that they can be right there toe-to-toe, shot-to-shot, or else they're not going to have a chance in this game.
1: Matt Merchell joining us on the show. Is Tommy Reese maybe a coach in waiting at a place like Notre Dame, or is he maybe just like kind of a lifer like Jim Leonard may very well be up at Wisconsin? How, what, what category do I put this man in? Well,
0: I think right you now for – in my mind, you know, with Tommy Reese right now, I, I think he's he's definitely trying to, to you know learn, maybe take the next step, you know, as a coach. Obviously, coming in and, and, and running the offense um, is a big step for him, but he's going to have to be able to kind of eventually expand that. And as this offense can continue to grow and be dominant, you know, then maybe you can turn around and say, okay, yeah, you've got an opportunity maybe to be to be a head coach. You know, I mean, guys who are former quarterbacks and gone on to be head coaches have done pretty well, but um, I think it's going to take some time. I mean, again. This Notre Dame offense, to me, this season particularly, has been kind of up and down. You know, they've been kind of – they didn't look good throwing the ball early on. Now they've had a couple of good games. They need some consistency. If you can develop some consistency as an offense over the next couple of years, then I think there's opened a lot of doors for him to become, whether you said a head coach in waiting, maybe he steps in and takes over for Brian Kelly at some point, or whether there's going to be other opportunities maybe down the road.
1: Because he's such a pup. I mean, what is he, 27, 28 years old? He's still very, very young. But yeah. I always, I always kind of put that with – Well, it just seems like every other year, Brian Kelly's maybe hinting that it's his last year at Notre Dame, so where's the timelines mix up there, Matt? How long do you think that Brian Kelly has there?
0: Well, you know, I I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, listen, I've always felt like, you know, Brian Kelly's situation, you know, to me, the next logical step for him would be the NFL. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to, and that's something his name has been kind of thrown about, is is this idea that eventually there'll be that that NFL job that he'll really want to go after. And I think that, to me, would be the thing that would pull him away. And if that's the case, then I and mean, this Notre Dame job is going to be one of the most coveted jobs in the country. And every time that job opens up, you know Urban Meyer's name is going to be thrown in there. You know there's going to be an, another couple of big-name coaches in there. So I'm not sure, you know, in Tommy's case, it, it may be difficult for that coach in waiting spot right away if it happens within the next year or two. Now, if he's there for you know, three four more years, maybe that's, maybe that's a logical transition, um, particularly with recruiting and things like that. But... If it happens sooner than that, you know, I, I think you're going to hear a lot of big-name coaches' names thrown in the mix because that job is just so, you know, it's such a, a big-time program that, that people have really coveted. So, um, again, I, I think Ryan Kelly knows, you know, the, the, the clock is there, and I'm sure he wants to continue to get that chance to get into the playoff and, and maybe a chance at a national championship.
1: Matt Merchell joining us on the show. Speaking of uh, the NFL and maybe that NFL job. Uh, a couple of reports today that Jim Harbaugh might think about something like that. Now this is normal. This is this is a yearly occurrence here, but there were a lot of fans who were really upset. I, I I was listening to 97 won the ticket after the loss to Michigan State, and that felt for the first time really amongst the fans and like the people who are really Ann Arbor that the gloves came off for Jim Harbaugh. And I go, yeah, you know, you say that, but it's always been this way with Michigan. They reevaluate at the end of the year. If Michigan finishes 6-2, and two, Jim Harbaugh ain't going anywhere. I think their best shot, if they really want to get rid of this guy, is the NFL. Do you think Jim Harbaugh, because all of this, may very well entertain the NFL this time and go back maybe to the Jets, Trevor Lawrence? I'm, I'm trying to put two and two together here, Matt.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I think that's, that could be a, a, a logical step. Well, I've always said this. I don't think it's going to come that Michigan's going to fire Jim Harbaugh at any point. Okay. I think what would more likely happen is that Jim Harbaugh would end up leaving on his own accord. I think, it, again, like you said, maybe he gets, he's a little tired of, of the college game, the challenge of it right now. He wants to move on and, and go back to the NFL and try to see what he can do there as well. So I, As much as there's been ups and downs during Jim Harbaugh's tenure at Michigan, I'm just not sure if the school is going to you know, make that move. I mean, listen – I, I try to point this out to people that, you know, he's won 70% of his games at Michigan. And before he got there, Michigan was kind of irrelevant nationally, you know, for a period there, about about five or six years. So he's done what he kind of expected them to do, is get them to, and back to relevancy. Now, they just haven't been national contenders, and they've had their struggles here and there. So to me, I think it's going to come down to, is there a job in the NFL that really appeals to him? And he feels like this is the best move for him at this point. And that's how I think he ends up eventually leaving Michigan. I don't think he gets pushed out the door.
1: Because I just keep hearing I, – I totally agree with you. I just keep hearing the, ah, the bitching and the moaning about how he has no quarterback. I go, this is an NFL coach. This is what we say about NFL coaches. If you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance. Meanwhile, I, Lincoln Riley just creates them, and they get him at Ohio State, guys who – for, for the most part, are not great NFL prospects. Now, we'll see what happens with Justin Fields here. But all these other guys, they, they don't use this as an excuse. And I, I just keep hearing it for Jim Harbaugh. I go, listen, I know you wanted to come back and you're a Michigan man. You average nine and a half wins. That's good. That's really, really good in comparison to Brady Hoke and Rich Rod. And, you know, ever since Lloyd Carr, they they pushed him out of there. Just go back to the NFL. It's more natural of a fit there for Jim Harbaugh. Matt Merchell joining us on the show. Georgia, Florida, who you got?
0: I got Florida right now. I, I think just because of the fact that the offenses look good. Um, I know they've had a little time off, obviously, with the COVID situation. But you know, you're seeing Florida playing really confidently with that with that offense, with Kyle Traft and Kyle Pitts. Um, I think defensively they have issues. But let's listen, I think Georgia's struggling at, offensively with Seth and Bennett at quarterback, and he hasn't been very good the last couple of weeks. So, I mean, I think this is an opportunity for Florida to make a big statement. I think Dan Mullen and that whole fight on the field with, Mich- with uh, Missouri – I think that was Dan Mullen trying to get his team fired up. I think that's all that was. He felt yep. like his team was listless, and he wanted to find a way to get that team kind of fired up and ready to go. And maybe that will carry over to the day and, and, and hopefully get you know, Florida that opportunity maybe to get that win that they haven't had over the last couple of years.
1: I couldn't agree with you more about that. And I know, like, the Darth Vader stuff – Okay, Matt. Everybody overreacted. And, hey, I get it. it. It is kind of pro, it, it is kind of you know, behavior unbecoming of a college football head coach. But you know what? It just fits at Florida. Spurrier wore the visor. He wears the visor. Spurrier was a loud mouth. He seems to be a loud mouth. He, he, college football does need heels. They do need bad guys. And w- why not? Why not let, let Dan Mullen be the bad guy in the SEC?
0: Yeah, I mean, and you look at what Dan. This has been a weird year for Dan. I mean, and it starts with the comments about you know filling the swamp during the middle of the pandemic. And then right afterwards, you know, the, the program gets shut down because of COVID. Started with his comments. of will complaining about, you know, um, missing time because of the election and the NCAA rule that, you know, basically, you know, they couldn't practice on election day. And then, you know, you have the fight and everything. And then, he, you know, after the fight where everyone wants to talk about the fight, he shows up wearing the, the Darth Vader costume. So it just feels a little weird and out of sync out of a little bit. But again, if that's the he wants to play the heel and he wants to be at that kind of level, then. Then I'm sure that that's fine, especially if they win today. If they go out and beat Georgia, and they they win the SEC East. I don't think there are going to be a lot of Florida fans are going to grumble too much.
1: Are you actually bored by the Big Ten already?
0: You know, I'm not bored by the Big Ten. I just when the Big Ten came back, I said to everybody, I just felt like this was too ambitious. Eight games in eight and eight weeks is, is too ambitious. And now we're seeing the troubles, and you're seeing Wisconsin. You're seeing, I mean, right now to me it's Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State's the the, the team that's going to get. It. If Ohio State gets beat somehow and doesn't get into the playoffs, then I got to wonder if this was just all for nothing when you look at the Big Ten, because you just wonder, you know, all this pressure to come back was because they wanted to get Ohio State into the into the college football playoffs and not get them in there would be just a, a total utter failure. So that's how I kind of look at the Big Ten this year. It's, it's all or nothing on Ohio State at this point.
1: I feel if UCF couldn't go in, then Cincinnati's not going to be able to go in. Tell me why I'm wrong.
0: Um, well, this would be the best year if there is going to be a group of five team that comes in. I mean, again, for Cincinnati's case, they've got to go undefeated, and they've got to look good doing it. And they've got to hope that some teams lose. I mean, you've got to hope that Notre Dame loses today. You've got to hope that Georgia loses. You've got to see some other teams stumble out the blocks because there's going to be some teams that find their way up there. You know, if Oregon goes undefeated and plays its full schedule – Maybe Oregon finds its way into that discussion. Um, you know, they've got to hope that some teams kind of stumble. And, and so for Cincinnati, that's the best case right now. Now, BYU is sitting right behind them you know, saying, listen, if we go, we go undefeated, we, get, we should get a shot. But, listen, when you look at BYU's reigning schedule, it, it's, it's not very good, and, and it's not going to be that impressive. So um, I think Cincinnati has the best shot. But I agree with you. If there's other one-loss teams ahead of them, you know, Power 5 one-loss teams, I can't see the selection committee taking an undefeated group of five team over a one-loss SEC team or ACC team. I just don't think they're at that point yet.
1: The rest of their schedule and their schedule in general has been poop. I'll grant you that about BYU. However, I like Zach Wilson, and I like that they, they basically had to reschedule their whole schedule there. So I got to give BYU some credit. Like, hey, if BYU's 10-0 and – I, I kind of do. I, I kind of want to give it to him as a gift. Like, okay, we'll we'll let you go get your clock cleaned by Alabama or something like that, and th- then you guys can go on because it's a weird year anyway. I know that's not how it goes, but that's just a personal thing because it's like, okay, Zach Wilson does good against you know the the University Texas San Antonio's of the world. All right, let's see what he does against the big boys because that's the closest thing he's going to see to the NFL all year.
0: Yeah, and that's and that's something you can see. I mean, I, I think you know when you look at the wrestler schedule in North Alabama. You know, it doesn't help them, an FCS opponent. And the San Diego State was undefeated. They lost last night. That doesn't help them. So they kind of need to be, continue to, to win and win impressively. And I think Zach Wilson, no matter what happens on the field, I think Zach Wilson has an opportunity to be in, included in that Heisman discussion because of the mm-hmm. performance he's had. So um, maybe that helps them out. Maybe that gives them a little extra juice. Again, they need the same sort of thing to happen that Cincinnati does. They need to see Notre Dame lose and some of these other teams kind of falter, like Georgia and things like that, and fall down because – that would be the only opportunity I'm going have a chance to, to get in
1: there. Matt, you're great. I want everybody to follow you on Twitter, at OSMattMerchelle, with only one L at the end. Matt, we thank you very much. Take care, buddy.
0: No problem. Actually, you. Take care.
1: Matt Merchelle, National College Football Writer for the Orlando Sentinel and Tribune. Great stuff from him. I do find, like, I'm in Ohio, you guys, and, like, I follow a lot of people from Ohio, and, like, I got buddies who I do follow on Twitter, and it's, Oh, man. They're, like, they're putting Apocalypse Now memes up and stuff like that. You're playing Rutgers tonight. Do we really need to bring out the Apocalypse Now memes for Rutgers? You really need to get it up versus Rutgers? Does Justin Fields need to play for you to beat Rutgers? I don't know if Rutgers even wants to play. I don't know why we're Rutgers would want to play other than to be on TV. And just for whatever experience they can get, watch them lose tonight, and this all comes back and bites me in the ass. I'm just bored by the Big Ten now. Penn State, they're going to blame everything on losing Journey Brown and, and Micah Parsons. Michigan's going to be Michigan, and they'll continue to find a bunch of excuses. Michigan State might be fun. Purdue might be fun. The Brome brothers. But everything else, I'm just yawning. 855-2124-CBS. Up next, the top five subject brought to you by the fabulous Anthony Pierno. And up next, if you want Jim gone.